You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 205. And today, we're breaking down another health lie. This one is, your hormones are just out of whack. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so pumped you're here in this little series of common health lies that I want to help you overcome. Now, we've talked about calories, and we've talked about how there might be something inherently wrong with you, which is actually a lie. Last week on the show, we talked about fasting with a guest expert, which wasn't really a lie, but it was really fascinating. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the episode about intermittent fasting versus prolonged fasting fascinating. And now today, we're going to talk about the common health lie that your hormones are just out of whack. Yes, I am calling this a lie because I don't think we should villainize something that is actually not the culprit. I think we're mixing up messages and it's causing confusion that is really unknown. So today we're going to break down what hormones are, what they're doing in the body, if they're really the villain or not, and how you can actually complete a total overhaul of your body so you no longer have to say, hey, my hormones are just out of whack. Some things that we can do to work with our hormones instead of against them. So that's where we're going today. But before we get there, I just want to remind you, if you love Simple Roots Radio, would you mind sharing this with your friends and family? This is the best way for Simple Roots Radio to grow and to expand. Not to mention those ratings and reviews are critical to the livelihood of a podcaster. You probably get sick and tired of hearing me say this over and over and over again, but this is really our only form of payment that we're asking. It's just a simple rating and review and to share this with your friends and family. So if you wouldn't mind, take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review. You can find that at SemperitzWellness.com backslash review and drop a five-star rating and why you're loving the show. On top of that, if you're loving these episodes, take a screenshot of them and share them on social media. Let your friends and family know what you're loving about Simple Rights Radio and shoot me a message. What topics and what lies would you like me to break down right here on the show? Also, don't forget, we're in the middle of the launch of the eight-part series called Health Made Simple. Yes, I am coming back to live teaching and I couldn't be more excited. This was the birth of Semperit's Wellness so many years ago, and I want to get back to it, of just teaching you exactly what you need to know about how your body works and how you can create a life so you no longer live strapped to your health, but it just becomes a part of who you are. Because when it's something you do, it no longer consumes time and allows you to have more life to live. That's what I want you to do to just live in health with greater purpose than be so consumed in all these health problems that you're stuck here, saturated by health. So that's my goal and my mission with the course Health Made Simple. It's a very simple, practical, in-depth look at the human body and your mind and soul. Because really what I believe more than anything is your body is just simply a byproduct of your mind and your soul. So we're gonna do work on all levels And if that excites you like it excites me, then head on over to SemperitzWellness.com where you can sign up for that course. If you've missed the sign up, don't worry. I'm going to be fulfilling spots as the year progresses and opening up new things. So just sign up on the wait list and I'll make sure and send you all the details about how you can get involved. 
But if you're looking for something right now, don't forget, I've come back to personal consulting. Yes, I'm only taking a few clients at a time, but it's because I want to invest everything that I can into helping you create a life that's going to work forever. So you no longer have to be on the board of yo-yo dieting so that you can understand your autoimmune hurdles and how to walk free of your symptoms. Or maybe you're trying to start a family and you just need some help in the fertility world. Whatever you're looking for, I am back at the game to helping you accomplish your health goals. So find all that information at semperitswellness.com. But for now, let's get back to the hormones. Speaking of fertility... So today I'm going to overcome the common health lie that your hormones are just out of whack. While this is partially true, like I can't discount the fact that yes, your hormones can be out of whack. I want to go back and say, but it's not your hormones problem. Like your hormones are simply signaling devices. And I'm going to dig into this for a minute, but I just want to be clear about the big point of the show. Yes, it can appear like your hormones are out of whack, that you're having fertility problems or you're having night sweats and menopause and PMS and all of these other situations that you could be having, right, that are linked to hormonal imbalance. But I want to come back to the board and say, no, 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 it might appear like you're having hormonal imbalance, but your hormones are probably not the root cause of what's going on in your body. There's something at a deeper level. And the reason I say this is, is because of what hormones are actually doing inside of the body. It doesn't make sense for hormones to, quote unquote, be out of whack as much as it makes sense that your cells and your receptors and your endocrine system is actually at blame to this. It's more than just your endocrine system. It's more than just your hormones. It's your immune system and your nervous system coming together where all three combined really create this flow that's going out. So really, in all of this, I want you to stop villainizing your hormones because your hormones most likely are not the root cause. They could be a reason that you have the symptoms, the most apparent reason, but I want you to take a deeper dive to understand, okay, so my estrogen levels might be off or my testosterone levels might be off or whatever it is, but why? Because they don't just get off for no reason. And let me explain why. So let's go back to the beginning and understand what are hormones? Yes, this alone is a huge myth. I think often we think of hormones as doing the job for the body, right? They're these big things that circulate through the body and they conduct a job. Estrogen conducts a job, testosterone conducts a job, insulin conducts a job. And again, it's easy with the knowledge that we've been given to say, okay, that seems like a good consensus. But our reality is that hormones do not work that way. Hormones are not the ones doing the job. They're the ones signaling the job. And I think we need to start separating the two because if we don't, then we lose sight of the root cause of why our signaling agents can't work the way that they're supposed to. So again, hormones are secretions from our endocrine system, whether your pituitary gland, your adrenal glands, your thyroid, your ovaries, testes. There's quite a few different glands inside of our body that release hormones, not to mention your immune cells also secrete hormones, which we're going to talk about in a minute um, because that will blow your mind, hopefully. But all of these different glands secrete hormones. And what a hormone does is it's no more than a signaling. It's the communication network of the body just like your nervous system, right? It signals out to your body. It sends this hormone out through your bloodstream or your lymphatic fluid, and it signals to other cells to either turn on or turn off or whatever it's looking for. So really what's happening is that these are not doing a specific job, but they're signaling to your cells to do the job. Now, why this is critical to understand is because I think we're looking 
for the solution and the wrong thing. We're creating hormones to be the problem when hormones aren't the problem. I think it more has to do with the cells that are either secreting that, like your thyroid gland or your adrenal gland or your ovaries or your testes, or it's on the flip side and it's the cells that are supposed to be receiving that are misfiring. So I think it happens in either or place. Now, why this is confusing is because if it's the gland that's causing the problem that's supposed to secrete it, then it can look or appear like your hormones are out of whack, right? Like if your adrenal glands aren't releasing or over-releasing too much cortisol and it's influencing other things, then it can appear like your hormones are out of whack. Or if your ovaries are releasing excess amounts of estrogen and or not enough testosterone or whatever it is, then it appears like you have this imbalance. Well, that is true. The problem isn't in the secreted hormones, it's in the gland that was secreting it. Why are your ovaries not working well? Why are your testes not secreting the right amount of hormones? Why is your adrenal glands firing all the time? You know, we have to go back to the basics. We have to go back to the root. And I don't feel like our hormones are the root cause of what's happening inside the body. So again, hormones are signaling agents to the body. They're the communication network to the body and nothing more. So while they can look like your hormones are all at whack and why you can get your blood drawn and maybe it appears normal, but you're still having all these symptoms of hormonal imbalance or maybe why it appears like your hormones are out of whack and so you start taking hormones only to experience that maybe they don't work or it's just short-term relief before all those symptoms come flooding back. And the reason for that is there's so many components that go into hormonal flow outside of the hormones themselves. Again, stepping back to understand maybe it's not so much a hormonal problem as it is a cellular problem or a production problem or an an inflammatory problem that's happening in the bloodstream. So there's a lot of other possibilities, but I don't think it's your hormones. So how do we understand this a little bit better? Now, there are a lot of things that could be causing an imbalance in your hormones or what appears to be an imbalance. Let's start with the endocrine glands that are secreting those hormones. Now, there could be a lot going on with these glands, whether they're not being nourished appropriately, whether excess inflammation has built up in your body or you have uh, an increased load of toxins. There's lots of things that could be affecting the release of those hormones regardless of the hormones themselves. And what you need to know about this and all of this, whether it's the gland or the cell or whatever's happening in the bloodstream or the lymphatic flow that's maybe kind of congesting things, is it's not, again, the hormone, but it's an environmental trigger that is causing a misresponse inside the body. This is the truth about hormones. So you don't have a, a hormonal problem that maybe needs to be fixed, but what if we turn our attention to the root of it, which is an environmental factor that is changing the response of the hormonal flow that's happening inside your body? So again, focusing less on making our body the villain and more on, okay, what can we actually do to find relief in this? A lot of what's happening inside of our body is just how we're reacting to the environment around us. Really, that is the root cause of us, right? It's not what our body was or that there's something inherently wrong with you or necessarily even your genetics because what we're learning is that our environment expresses what happens inside of our body. Our mind perceives our environment and therefore changes the entire flow of our body based on our perceptions of what's going on around us. 
So again, it's not so much what our body is or isn't capable of doing because I really believe in the right space that the majority of the people, if their body was left to do what they do in the right environment, it would function in health. Now, yes, some people are beyond that into disease and diabetes and hypothyroidism and all these other things that really do need some critical control with with synthetic hormones or other medications. Now, that's different, right? But even at that, I think we can all still work to control our environmental factors that are influencing the flow of our hormones to help better regulate the body and take some of the stress off the body. So there are a few big things that I want you to pay attention to when it comes to how our body is regulating our hormone system and what could be affecting it on the outside. First of all, we have to talk about the difference between male and females. Because while, again, hormones are lumped into one big thing, and yes, we know that women release different hormones than men, the reality is is that the majority of all studies done to date have been done on men. And men generally run off a 24-hour cycle. Why men tend to see results faster. Why men tend to um, be able to stick to something uh, longer than women is simply because their hormones are roughly the same day in and day out, day in and day out. And also, why studies like men? Because they're consistent. On the other hand, we have women who run more on a 28 to 32 day cycle. Even menopausal women or postmenopausal women still have somewhat of a cycle monthly that is going to greatly change how our hormones are released or what types of hormones are released based on the period we are at in our cycle. So women can't do and shouldn't do the same things day in and day out because in this, this is actually causing more stress. This becomes an environmental stress to a woman, not necessarily so much for a man. So this gets a little bit trickier to just kind of wrap up big conclusions in the hormone world simply because male and females are two completely different beasts that really have to be individualized. Now, when I continue on with this, I want you to think about yourself as what you are. Men, you run more off a 24-hour cycle, so you are capable of doing more of the repetitive same things day in and day out, where women, you just can't get away with that. Like, the female body does change about every 5 to 14 days, depending upon where you are in your cycle. So it is going to be critical for women to note that we are cyclical beings, even men. This is important for both beings, but especially women, because there's somewhat of a cycle that our hormones need to follow, somewhat of an environmental cycle our hormones need to follow in order to flow freely. If you're interested in hormonal cycling, I have an entire podcast about how to regulate your hormones via cycling, uh, your food, your your exercise, your movement, your lifestyle, all of those things. But just to give you an example of this, there are times in a woman's cycle when she is more fatigued and more hungry and you kind of feel like a slug, right? This happens to be often when we're getting close to menstruating. The reason behind this is, is because your body is going through a lot of work to actually shed the lining of your placenta. That takes a lot of energy and effort and putting too much extra stress on your body, whether it's a really hard workout or trying to really lower your calories or not getting enough sleep or 
providing excess stress at your job or whatever it is. Whenever we stress the body in these critical moments of healing, our body then is going to change the hormonal flow and it is going to start to look like an imbalance. Like our survival hormones are going to overtake and therefore it's going to look like all these healthy hormones or these quote unquote hormones that make you feel good are going to look like they're out of whack. But it's simply because we've added excess stress or excess excess toxins, the big environmental factors that are going to influence the flow of our hormones, that are going to influence our endocrine glands and our cellular receptors that are the ones that are actually going to carry out the job. So the first thing is, is you must understand and differentiate between male and female because we both work very differently when it comes to hormones. The second thing that I want you to be aware of, again, I kind of mentioned this before, is that your hormonal, your endocrine system doesn't work by itself. In fact, there are two other very critical systems that come into play with your hormonal system, which is going to change how the flow of your hormones works. One, like I said, is the nervous system, which again is another form of signaling through your body, another communication style to the body. They kind of work interchangeably and working together, again, to create the perception of what's happening in our environment so our body knows how to respond. The number one job of our body, and we have to remember this, is that it's working to maintain homeostasis. It's working to achieve balance. It's like there's these critical functions in the body that have to be within balance in order for us to just survive. There are other ones that have to be in balance in order for us to thrive. Those are the ones that make you feel really good. And so we have to be aware that our body is constantly working to maintain balance. And therefore, it's constantly aware of what's happening in our environment based on our perceptions, based on what we're encountering, so that it can then change the entire structure of our body opening and closing our cells, changing um, which hormones are sent out into the body. All of these functions happen. And again, it's not working independently, but it's working cohesively with the nervous system. So some really critical factors when it comes to your hormones and your nervous system is to understand that your mind and soul connection, again, are going to greatly influence every other thing that's happening inside your body. We talked about this with Dr. Lloyd. I talked about this in my own health journey. Basically, every podcast lately has talked about this. But it is really, really, really critical to note that our perceptions of the world, our perceptions of stress, of our problem, and these fixations on those things are actually causing more of the survival flow inside of our body, which looks more like harm to us. It looks more like imbalance to us. The reason we start to feel out of balance or not good in stressful situations is that our body is using those markers as biofeedback signals. And it's doing this to tell you, hey, something's really wrong. And again, these are based on hormones, right? Because our hormones are signaling molecules and they're trying to tell you something just as much as they're telling your cells something. So if our body is not in balance, then it's out of balance. And this goes for the entire scope. This is why all of the hormonal quote unquote, hormonal imbalance symptoms are things like weight gain and uh, irritability and cravings and poor fertility, uh, PCOS, joint pain, exhaustion. I mean, there's an entire gamut. Basically, any kind of symptom you could think of could be related to our hormonal imbalance. And it's simply because when your body's not in balance or when it's working really hard to maintain homeostasis just to keep you alive, it's going to fire all kinds of things to give you warnings like, hey, something's going on. Hey, this isn't working. Something's wrong in your environment. Wake up. Listen to me. Do you hear me? My body's going crazy. I need help. 
It's trying to get you to wake up to what's really happening. And again, there might not be anything in your environment. Like for me, I was eating right. I was exercising. I was quote unquote doing everything right. And my body still lost control, right? My, I was out of whack. I was off center and I had to come back to this place. And the reason I believe that my body got there was simply because my perception of the environment that I was living was really stressful. I wasn't sleeping well. I was overworking. I had new babies at home. My body had just had my third baby via VBAC, nonetheless, something that's incredibly stressful to the body. I mean, all of these things were happening and I wasn't giving my body the space that it needed to heal. I wasn't respecting my body in any means other than just feeding it as I thought I should and really pushing it to some kind of extreme because I thought that the harder you worked out and the better you ate, the more results you would get, which couldn't be further from the truth. So your nervous system, again, is going to come in and and these emotions that we think and what we think about the food that we eat and what we think about the environment that's going on. And I'm not saying that we can change everything about our environment. But what I am saying is that we need to take a step back and be aware of what our consciousness is fixating on. Because I think if we're constantly fixating on problems, uh, whether it's work problems or life problems or body problems or health problems, then we're reminding our body to stay in survival mode, that something is wrong in our environment and we must be prepared. As long as we continue to perceive that mindset to our body, we will continue to live in survival mode rather than thriving mode. So I think we do need to be aware that our nervous system and what we think, our relationships with other people, and why I really believe that we are only as healthy as our most unhealthy relationship is critical to be reminded of especially when we talk about hormonal flow because our nervous system is going to drive home the perceptions of our environment, which are going to tell our endocrine system what it should be doing and what hormones to signal or what hormones not to signal, which can look like an entire host of imbalance. But again, your hormones are not the root cause of this. They're just the byproduct of what's happening in your environment. So we have to remember that, that we have more control over those things than we give ourselves credit. So that's one thing. The other thing that's really, really critical to note, and um, there's a ton of research coming out about this, which is really fascinating, and I think still semi-unknown, but I think it hits home hard, the idea that it's not just about your hormones being out of whack. Because here's the deal. It's also an immune response that's happening. So we have a nervous system, an endocrine system, and an immune system. And all three of those things are working together to create harmony inside your body, to create balance inside your body. Those are the big three players in balance and the things that we do have quite a bit of control over. Now, maybe a little bit less with our immune system. However, I think that there are ways to enhance our immune system that we're going to talk about that can really have a big impact on your body. But just to give you some like really remarkable data about immune cells and their ability to produce hormones, like, yeah, just soak that in for a second. So we often think that our hormones are just produced in our endocrine system, right? Like there's certain cells that can only produce certain hormones. They're they're monoproducers. They can produce one thing at a time and that's what they send out. But what research is showing about our immune cells is that immune cells not only house receptors to grab hormones to respond to hormones, but immune cells, there's certain immune lymphocytes inside of our bodies that can produce 
any kind of hormone. <laughs> so they're not limited to just a mono producer, but they're considered to be poly producers and poly receivers, meaning that immune cells can receive the entire gamut of hormones inside of our body, but they can also produce them at the same time. Now, what's fascinating about this is that we, one, never believed that our immune cells could produce hormones. We knew that they could attach to hormones and have receptors for hormones, but the concept of producing their own hormones and whatever it's needed in that moment is really, really fascinating. So like, for instance, like a lymphocyte can produce melatonin, it can produce growth hormone, and it can also recept or grab onto other hormones that are happening inside of our body. It's like really mind-blowing. To like clarify why this is really important is because immune cells can be targeted, right? So an endocrine gland is stationary. It's static. It is where it is in the body. And our hormones can be released from those points. And then they have to move throughout the body to signal to another cell to do the job, right? Like it's a communication network. The problem is, is when there's something congested going on inside your blood system or your lymphatic flow, maybe you have an excess of toxins or you've overly diluted your blood flow via drinking too much water. There's lots of different things that can congest our system and the hormones can't get to the cell that they need to. So what's fascinating about this is that the body sends out these immune cells and they're targeted, they're specific. So they can go to the exact spot that needs that and release it directly to the cell. So it's like, it's like in your face communication. So I'm kind of thinking about our endocrine system and these endocrine glands that release hormones, what we traditionally think about hormones as being like the internet. <laughs> like it's sending out an email and it's like, there you go. But what we know about our inboxes is that it sorts things, right? Like not everything gets put where it's supposed to go because there's some kind of filtration system that can get out of whack. It can get overfiltered with spam and toxins and inundated with emails that it kind of gets lost in the inbox. So what our immune cells are doing is they're being the face-to-face contact. They're the ones walking up to the person and telling them directly face-to-face, here it is. Do you see how much more effective the immune cell can be than the endocrine gland? Now, I'm not saying that the immune cell is something that we should rely on, but it is really fascinating that we have that survival mechanism to say, hey, this needs to get where it needs to go, and it's going to work to do that. Now, again, when our immune system is not functioning correctly, we can have an entire host of things go wrong. And I think today, one of the biggest and most critical things that we could look at with our hormones is simply our immune system. Because I think so many people are having immune problems and immune malfunctions simply because we're overworking it. We're pushing it to an extreme that it shouldn't go. And it's causing an entire response inside the body that is really damaging. I mean, think about autoimmune diseases are skyrocketing. Cancer is on the rise. Uh, I mean, disease after disease after disease is, is skyrocketing. And these aren't just acute diseases. These aren't just like influenza or, um, the common cold, right? Like these are long-term diseases that we have to now work through and live with. So we're really stressing our immune system. And so what I really want to, to know as we come back to this is number three, is that we have to start supporting our immune system in some way in order for our hormones to start working well. And the best way we can start supporting our immune system is really provide the right nutrition that our immune system needs to work. Our immune system works off nourishment, but it gets burdened by toxins. So both ends of the spectrum, we can see how we can provide really good things, but we also want to try and 
get rid of the toxins that are maybe slowing us down. So as you relate to hormones, you hear a lot about endocrine disruptors, which would be affecting our immune system, which is causing a disruption in hormonal flow inside of our body. But endocrine disruptors could be plastic. They could be chemicals and beauty products and lotions, food dyes, food preservatives, bad air that you're breathing. I mean, there's so many things that can be really toxic to the body that we need to take an account for. And again, you can go to the show notes to get entire lists of this and how to really reset your hormones through this process. Um, But I want to go back to your body has really, really, really intricate systems and delicate systems at place to keep you well. Now, I think in all this, like I gave you three big players that we have to be aware of, whether we're male or female and being cyclical with that. We have to be aware that our nervous system is playing a big role in this as well as our immune system. In the course of all of this, it's really our environment. It's what we're surrounding ourselves with. It's what we're eating. It's how we're moving. And most importantly, it's our beliefs behind what we're doing that are creating this process inside of your body. And one big player that I haven't mentioned is your circadian rhythm or your sleep cycles, which fascinating note, every single hormone in our body has a different circadian rhythm, meaning it wakes up and it comes to work at different times. I mean, isn't that fascinating? Like melatonin circadian rhythm, like it wakes up, like it's start time is at night when the sun starts going down and then it decreases and goes to bed. It's it's nocturnal. That's what I think. But uh, getting enough sleep is going to be really, really critical. But again, these are all environmental things that are kind of changing the perception that's happening inside of our body. So the big point that I want to get out to you is that, again, it's not your hormones that are the problem. There's a deeper root. And that deeper root has to be something that's that's causing your body to stay in the survival mode, out of balance, that's causing your body to be out of balance and really fighting for homeostasis rather than just thriving, where your body's just in homeostatic response and it's it's not overly working or overly exerting to get there. That's what we want to get back to is this place of balance. That's how we fix our hormones. That's not just how we fix our hormones, but how our body communicates better altogether. How do we get back into balance? Because that's what our body needs more than anything. So there are some big things. And I think in these big things, you can kind of break it down into an individualized approach. Like I don't want to say eat these foods to fix your hormones, because while that might be true, we have to make it realistic for you. So the most important and critical things when it comes to working with your body and fixing the components that are causing the imbalance in your hormones is one, is your perceptions of your environment, your thoughts. This is huge with our hormones because like I said, it's a perception. Your hormones are being fired and released based on a perception of your environment. And so stress is going to be a a huge player and how your body's working. In fact, research out of longevity clinics is showing that stress is linked to every single disease process there has ever been. It's the only thing, even outside of sugar, stress has been linked to every single disease process. And again, it's just telling your body that there's a threat. It's it's automatically just telling your body to go into survival mode, which kind of throws all the balance off. And so we have to come back to this place of like, okay, can I step back from my stress? Can I step back from my life for a second and recognize what am I fixating on? Because if we're constantly fixating on the problem, like I said in podcast number 203, we will never see the solution. 
Like when we're down in the thick of it and the problems, we will never be able to see the actual solution to get ourselves out of it. So I think it's important to just take a minute, step back and understand what are the thoughts that are going through your mind? Are these healthy? Are they helpful? Are they real? And how can I start to release some of this negative baggage that I'm holding on to? Like I mentioned in my story, like I really had to learn that the majority of the things that I was holding on to because I thought in some way I was either going to prove a point or that it was going to cause something later on to uh, come to be, I had to realize that those things were causing more harm to me than they were anyone else. (laughs) And sometimes even good things we have to let go of because it's taking energy and work for our body to hold on to that. Holding on and conserving as a sign to your body that, hey, you know, I got to be prepared. I got to be in that sympathetic mode of that fight or flight. Like I've got to be on edge. I've got to be out of balance a little bit so I, so I can make sure that I can keep this body alive. As opposed to coming to a place of, okay, I don't need to hold on to that anymore. I can start letting some of this go. I don't need to let what people say on Facebook bother me. I don't need to let the food consume me. Um, I need to step back from my workouts and understand that I don't have to beat my body into submission. I have to work on my marriage because, man, that relationship every single day is causing a change in hormonal flow inside of my body, and it matters. Like, it matters. So we have to take a step back and look at the scope of our life and start realizing that where we fixate is often the course that our hormones follow. And are we fixating on positive things, on on happy things, on love Because like Dr. Alexander Lloyd, those feelings, those positive experiences, those are opening up our cells to receive the hormones and the signals that are happening. When our body's in fear and stress, those cells shut down. So no matter if your hormones are firing the right amount, your cells don't care. Like they're just trying to survive every man for themselves. So again, uh, being aware of your stress and And I know it's not to say that we can eliminate all stress, but I certainly believe that regardless of if your stress is there or not, you can definitely learn ways to manage your stress that are healthy. Whether you need to see a counselor, whether you want to jump on board with that class that I'm doing or do some personal consulting, we have to get you to a place where you can understand that whatever you're going through is not worth destroying your body for. We have to get you back to a place of that and work through those things, maybe even letting go of some toxic things so you can get there. In addition to that, again, the whole spiritual component that I bring up over and over and over again. I just said this. This is a side note. But I uh, said to someone today, I was like, you know, I really don't want it to be health and faith. I just want it to be health or faith, not both. Um, And... I've been fighting that for a while, but I feel constantly convicted that it has to be both, that it can't just be health and it can't just be faith, that at some level we have to pull this together to recognize that it's the combination. It's it's really the faith in the health that matters. And I think that health is a bigger spiritual battle than we will ever want to grasp. Like, I don't want to believe it, but I really have seen this over and over and over and over again. Because really, the only way to move into that open state of love and positivity is to have some kind of hope. And that hope obviously just comes from a foundation in faith and and beliefs. And so we have to get ourselves back there and really look at that as a critical player in our health. So again, our perceptions, those are mattering. And like I said, we can't change the emotions that we're feeling. That's been studied, right? We have like 25 emotions. We can't change those. Everyone feels those. But we have over 500 and some feelings 
that are defined in the English language. While we can't change the emotion, we can change the perception of that into a whole gamut of different feelings. And we can see this person to person and how we react so differently to similar situations or this exact same situation. The second thing to come back to a place of balance is just to work on your sleep schedule, to work on your circadian rhythm. It's not about getting too much sleep. I think that's a sign. That's a biofeedback marker that, hey, I'm overly exhausted. And also another biofeedback marker that things aren't working well is when you're having insomnia. So we have to come back and start to understand, okay, why am I not sleeping? Maybe I need to get rid of the caffeine. Maybe I need to wear blue light blocking glasses at night, turn off the TV, read a book. What, what can we do to get yourself back into a natural circadian rhythm? This is going to be really important. And again, things I'm going to talk about in the show notes and things that I want you to start paying attention to. Find your normal sleep patterns that make you feel really good somewhere in the, in the range of probably six to eight hours. Do that and be consistent with it. That's what's going to keep you in the most natural circadian rhythm is that consistency. Number three, sunlight. Being outdoors and sunlight, and even being outdoors, they think, and being grounded in the dirt. Sometimes I say these and I'm like, man, this sounds so weird. Um, Bear with me. Sunlight directly changes our hormonal flow. It's like one of the few things in our environment that we know can seep through our skin and actually change the hormones or create hormones inside of our body. So we're not just creating them from endocrine glands, but we know our skin is transmitting other things and creating hormones through that. And sunlight is so critically important for our body. I think we've become a generation scared of the sun because we've been told that it can cause skin cancer. But what we're learning about it is, is it's not so much the sun, but it's our environment, the other things that we do outside of that that are really causing that, not necessarily the sun. And so getting more sunlight is going to make a big difference. And when we talk about hormones, again, nourishment, 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 nourishment matters. Did you know that all hormones start from one thing? There's one common denominator in all hormones and how they're produced, and that is cholesterol. (laughs) Yes, all hormones start as cholesterol. Cholesterol actually is the, the, the molecule that creates hormones or is the foundation of all hormones, which means that we need some level of cholesterol in our body to create the right amount of hormones. Now, this is a topic for a different day in cholesterol and why your cholesterol is high and why it's low and why your cholesterol could be on the rise, partly due to an immune response to help package up inflammation and get rid of it. High cholesterol is not necessarily the culprit. Again, it's a biofeedback marker based on our hormonal flow. It's not the problem. So with that being said, when we come to nourishment and how to nourish our hormones and our endocrine system, we have to note that there has to be some level of healthy fats that we're consuming that are going to help create hormones. And without them, without enough cholesterol and without enough healthy fat in our diet, which is where cholesterol is coming from, we won't be able to create the right amount of hormones that we have and could be why you have this kind of quote unquote imbalance. So making sure you eat a right amount of healthy fats. What I do is I don't really fixate on this. I just say like at every meal, I just try to think about what's one healthy fat that I can add to this. Can I butter my vegetables? Can I add a creamy dressing to my salad? Can I have avocado or nuts and seeds? Like I add flaxseed and chia seeds to my smoothies just to add something to that. There's not a ton of fats, especially healthy ones, but just being aware of what fats are And how you could add them to your diet can really change the game too. So making sure that you have enough of that. There's some supplements like nutrient deficiencies can be really hard on our cells. So really 
in the end, we know this one, right? Like it's just eating a well-rounded whole diet free of preservatives. That's our goal. Are you going to be perfect? No. And don't fixate on perfection because you're going to walk yourself back into the opposite path of out of balance just because you have a bad perception of your, of your diet. Don't let the stress overtake you. But do work on just wanting to do it, desiring it because it makes you feel good. And even if you don't know what good feels like yet, if you start walking yourself through this process and being disciplined initially, you will quickly start to realize how good balance feels. And being balanced, again, is just providing your body the right environment for it to thrive. And the last thing that I cannot express enough is that our hormones, again, are cyclical, right? Men, more 24-hour cycle. Women, more 28-day cycle. I have an entire handout. I'll link up for that in the show notes. But I want to talk more vaguely, maybe for a second, but very profound, that all of our body is cyclical. And one of the most nourishing things that we can do for our bodies is to eat cyclically and to live cyclically. And what I mean by that is based on the season. There's no greater cyclical cycle that we experience in life as much as the seasons. Our body is perceiving the seasons and it's changing the entire flow of our body based on what it's perceiving, whether it's things that you're not even thinking about, like the temperature and like the air humidity and the air pressure and the density of the sun. It's really taking in all of our environment and what we're doing and it's changing our body to maintain homeostasis. Like if our number one goal and job of our body to live in health is to maintain homeostasis without excess stress, then we have to start to realize like, of course, our body is going to change things around when it knows it's sub-zero outside. Of course, your hormones are going to change and your needs are going to change. Of course, in the summer when it's hot and you're sweaty, your body has to change in order to balance that, right? In the summer, you sweat more. In the winter, you shiver more. Like Those are natural signals to your body that it's working to maintain this homeostatic balance. The problem is, is that we tend to be a people who eat the same things regardless of if they're seasonal or not. We do the same things regardless of if it's seasonal or not. So we have to be aware that there are four seasons. And regardless of where you live, I think everyone has some aspect of seasonality that their body is going to live true to. You just have to be aware of it and what your body needs. I think your cravings are going to change. Your biofeedback signals are going to change. Your sleep levels are going to change. Your your drive for relationships are going to change. I mean, really, everything in the body is going to change based on Again, the weather and the sun cycles and how long the sun is up, all of that is going to influence a body. And we have to start working with our bodies seasonally, which I think alone can change so much. So what do I mean by this? I think eating seasonal foods. So in the winter, clearly there's more root vegetables, kind of more starchy, dense, oily things. Think more comfort. In the summer, that's the time to do more of the raw Um, fruits and vegetables, the lighter meals, not quite as heavy, not as much oil, drier foods. So again, it's kind of based on the season. I like to think of it as the opposite of the season. In the winter, it's cold and dry. So you want to eat a lot of warm and oily foods. In the summer, it's hot and moist. So you want to eat cool and dry foods. So this time of the year, it's New Year's resolution time and everyone wants to jump on the health wagon, which often looks like uh, rice cakes and salads and smoothies. And there's nothing wrong with that, except for if you do it out of season. Winter is not the time to be relying on smoothies. If your body craves one once in a while, maybe you did a hard workout and you really got your sweat on, fine. But day in and day out and eating cold foods and just salads, this temperature of food 
can really throw your body out of out of the cyclical season that it's in and really mess with your homeostatic balance. I know it sounds crazy, but this stuff is really important. So I have some seasonal guides, one for fall and winter, one for spring and one for summer. I'll link those up in the show notes, but I want you to take a deep dive into what does it look like to change my environment just enough, just simple shifts that I can actually create a healthy, nourishing environment for my body. And it doesn't just boil down to just eating the right foods and counting your calories, which we know doesn't work, or eliminating an entire macronutrient. It's not found in the extremes because the extremes, right, like these diets and pushing your body to extreme, those things are actually causing your body to work. You're putting all this energy into something, throwing off the balance of your body. You're fighting against your body. That's why it's probably not worked. But if we can just come back to the centeredness, then we can just start to fill ourselves up. We can start to release some of the stuff that's holding us back. We can just be filled and we can just be like we can just be and therefore not consumed in it. Like it's no longer a problem. And so we can go out and live our passions. That's what I want. That's what I want to help you do. And I think that there is a huge component of seasonality that that matters. So again, I have a lot of handouts that are going to be happening over in the show notes. So make sure you head on over there to learn more about hormones and really just simple things that you can do that can instantly reset your hormones. For everyone, we reset our hormones at night. Now, what hormones those are are going to change, like I said, for women cyclically based on their cycle. Men, this just happens at night. But we have to reach deep sleep in order for our hormones to reset. And so the circadian clock and getting deep sleep is going to matter. But you can see how quickly if our if our hormones reset every 24 hours, you can see how quickly we can get back into balance. Like our body wants to be healthy more than we will ever give it credit. It's not going to fight against you to get healthy. If you start working with it, then you'll you'll see massive changes really, really quickly without a lot of work. Do you see where I'm going with that? Like, I think if your body's not responding, it's because you're doing something that's wrong, even if the health industry is telling you it's right. Your body's saying like, hey, you're still up against your body. How we know it's right for you is when your body starts working with you. And that's when you're going to see these really massive changes really quickly because your body wants to be healthy more than we will ever give it credit. Yes, the first thing it must do is survive. We have a ton of survival mechanisms. Some are super annoying, but they're really there for a purpose. But if we can get back to a place of balance, of the centeredness of working with our body, that is where we see simple health come so quickly without excess work. I promise you can happen. And I hope this podcast was helpful in helping you to understand that hormones are not the villain of the story. It's our environment and our perceptions of that. That is what's changing the game. So yes, I say this lightly because I know that there's a ton of women and men who have hormone replacement therapy and that's needed. I'm not saying that that is not okay. But I am saying instead of being so fixated on our hormones, what if we start focusing on our environment? What if we start focusing on some of these other things? Because I haven't met a person who isn't at some point just wants to feel better regardless of what medication they have to be on or not, right? Maybe you can come off your medication or your hormones. Great. Maybe you never can. That's totally fine too, but it never hurts to rebalance your hormone and come back to this place of center so that your body can be filled. So yes, I think there is a time and a place that some women just and men just need hormonal therapy that is going to help. Like on some level, I think some of our bodies have been through enough or signaled something or um, our epigenetics have fired and we just no longer can create these functions. 
But I don't think that means that that is your life sentence, that you have to stay there. And that's the only hope. I think there's a lot of other things that we can do. So if you have a massive hormonal problem, of course you should still talk to your doctor and bring it up. I think that is absolutely critical. But I hope this podcast gives you hope to remind you that you have so much control over how your body's thriving or surviving. And it's not just your body pitted against you. It's not the villain. That is the very source of how you're going to heal your body, right? So we have to work with our body instead of against it. And remember, there's an entire gamut of things that go into this. But if we start to break them down, it really is so simple and it comes so easily. So that's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it broke down the lies. I hope you understand what hormones are so you never have to be filled with the lie again that hormones are the villain because they aren't. And they most often aren't the problem either. So I hope that leaves you encouraged. Please, if you have any questions, I know this is a touchy, controversial subject, and I want you to know I understand that. So if you have any personal questions, please feel free to email me at alexa at simperancewellness.com. I love helping you. I just want really want to walk you through this process of helping you. As always, if you want to take things a little bit further, sign up for my class, Health Made Simple. That's all it is. I mean, it says it in the name, Health Made Simple. If you're ready for a life change where you no longer have to make health just another thing you have to do, but who you are, sign up for that class. And to learn more, head on over to simperancewellness.com. And don't forget, all of this information can be found in the show notes at simperancewellness.com. Now, next week on the podcast, I'm coming back with a health lie that you just need to move more. So stay tuned for that podcast. As always, don't forget to go to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 205. And don't forget to sign up for that class, personal consulting, and take a screenshot of this podcast, share it on social media, send it to your friends on email, and let them know about Simperit's radio. I'm so encouraged by you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode, and I will see you back here next week. 